Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. God wants you well. Amen. God has provided health, healing, blessing, deliverance for his children. Amen. God wants you well. Praise the Lord. I want us to look at a, at a couple of uh, things that, that people, popular, uh, popular expressions that people have or things that people believe will kick over some sacred cows tonight, you know. Uh, and a couple of these I've, I've mentioned a little bit, you know, in, in passing, but not really shown uh, uh, what, uh, what's going on. But, you know, when it comes to, to healing, uh, it seems that some people pray, when they pray about anything, they pray, Lord, if it be your will. That's like, they like, that's like the tag that goes on the end of every prayer. And uh, like I said a couple of weeks ago, these words will not work. If it be your will, those words will not work with the prayer of faith. Amen. What, what a lot of people don't understand is there are different kinds of prayers. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 6. And you'll see what I'm talking about. In Ephesians chapter six, in verse number 18, the apostle Paul said, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Some translations read, praying always with all kinds of prayer. See, there are different kinds of prayer. If there weren't different kinds of prayer, he, wouldn't have, he would not have said, praying always with all prayer. He'd have just said, praying always. There are different kinds of praying. And uh, that just like in sports, there are a lot of different kinds of sports, but different sports have different rules. They're played by different rules. You can't play basketball with baseball rules. If you try to apply the rules of baseball in, in basketball, you'll have confusion. Isn't that right? Well, a lot of people's praying is confused. They have confusion in their prayer because they, a lot of people think, well, all, all praying is just praying. You know, I'm just praying. All, it, every kind of prayer, it's just praying. But Paul said here, praying always with all kinds of prayer. There are different kinds of prayer. If you apply the rules of one kind of prayer to another kind of prayer, it won't necessarily work. Amen. The different kinds of praying have different kinds of rules. Uh, you know, for just a, a, a quick uh, uh, synopsis, you know, uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, turn over there with me, 1 Timothy 2, you'll see this again, and uh, this will help you. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 1 says, Therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. So he mentions right here four different kinds of prayers, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. Well, uh, you say, well, well, why did he say just prayers? Well, evidently he's talking here about the most common type of prayer, which is the prayer of petition. You know, in, in 1 John, he said, if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. There are two kinds of prayers of petition, primarily. It's the prayer of faith and the prayer of agreement. Those are prayers where you, where you pray to God specifically for yourself or some other person that you're in agreement with. 
And, uh, and so there are the rules that apply to the prayer of faith, the prayer of agreement, which are prayers of, 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 uh, of uh, petition. There's also supplication. That's a different level of praying. Intercession is a different kind of praying. Giving of thanks. Have you ever thought about that? When we worship and give thanks, that's praying. Amen. And so the rules of, of these different kinds of, of praying are not the same. You don't apply the rules of, of uh, intercession when you're praying the prayer of thanksgiving. They don't apply. Well, by the same thing, and then there's, there's also united prayer. There's the prayer of commitment where, you know, Peter says, rolling all of your care upon him for he cares for you. There are times when you just have to roll your cares. It's a prayer of I commit all of my anxiety and all of my care to you. That's the prayer of commitment. It's praying in the spirit. That's a different kind of prayer. There's the prayer of consecration and dedication. And the prayers of the prayer of consecration and dedication are the only prayers where if it is your will fits. If you look at the ministry of Jesus, the only time he ever prayed, if it be your will, was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Look over at the 11th chapter of, of Luke's gospel. Luke chapter 11. Excuse me, it's not 11. I think it's 20 or two or something. Let me look over there. Yeah, Luke, Luke 22. <clears throat> he was in the garden and he said, and he was, and verse 41 says, he was withdrawn from them about a, a stone's throw and he knelt down and prayed saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but your will be done. When you're, the prayer of commitment and consecration is the only time Jesus ever prayed, if it be your will. When Jesus stood before Lazarus' tomb, he didn't say, now, Lord, if it be your will. No, he said, Lord, I thank you that you've heard me. And I know that you always hear me. And he stood before Lazarus' tomb and said, come out. And Lazarus came out. See, that was a command of faith. And so if he had said, Lord, if, it, you're, if it's your will, Lazarus come out, he wouldn't have come out because that would indicate Jesus didn't, didn't know his will or hadn't surrendered to his will. Right. You see, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. Right. Sometimes the Lord leads us to do things that we don't necessarily want to do at the time. Now, if we knew more, we would be okay with it. But sometimes our limited understanding, we, we, we sense God's leading us in a direction. It's like, oh, Lord, I don't want to do that. That's not something that, that really uh, warms my heart. I'm not, I'm, I'm not really eager about that. And Jesus came to that place in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, Lord, if there's any other way, if there's any other way for me to accomplish your plan without going to the cross, he said, then, then let's do it some other way. Nevertheless, not what I will but your will. Lord, if it's your will, he said, let this cup. And sometimes we come to that place in a prayer of consecration and dedication. And sometimes, uh, again, we don't know what his will is. And so we're just sensing the Lord uh, dealing with us about something. And, and we say, Lord, I'm not really sure what it is you're, you're saying here, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And so those, the, those words, if it be your will, are quite appropriate there. But if you put if it be your will into the prayer of faith, you just ruin the prayer of faith. Amen. Really, and, and people do this all the time about in anything they ask. They just tack that on to anything they ask the Lord. Really, it's a polite form of unbelief. 
What, I'm, what do I mean by a platform? They wouldn't just say right straight up, Lord, I doubt you're going to do this. But that's what they're really saying. They're, they're saying, I, you know, uh, now you see, in, in the prayer of consecration, you're not sure necessarily what the will of God is. But when you're praying for something that God's word says belongs to you, there's no excuse for not knowing his will. That was weak. There's no excuse for not knowing his will if it's in the word. You have a Bible, right? So, so his will is revealed in the Bible. There's no excuse. When you come to the Lord for, for, to pray about something that's in the Bible that God says belongs to you, even if you don't know that. Whose fault is it if you don't know it? It's your fault. And, and when you say, Lord, uh, you know, heal me, Lord, answer this prayer, uh, you know, provide this need, whatever it is, and it's scripturally based, when you say, attack on the end, if it be your will, that's a polite way of saying, I'm not really sure you'll do this. If, if is the badge of doubt. In praying, I said, if is the badge of doubt. If it be your will, not really sure. Well, if you're not really sure, you're not really ready to pray. I said, if you're not really sure, you're not really ready to pray. You're not ready to pray the prayer of faith. You can still pray in the spirit. You can pray to get direction. You can pray, Lord, open my eyes and, and give me understanding and show me what your will is. Those are all scriptural prayers. But to claim uh, an answer when you're not sure it belongs to you is a, fool, is a foolish thing to do. Amen. Uh, the words, if it be your will, renders the prayer of faith null and void. Renders the prayer of faith null and void. Those are faith-killing words, if it be your will. Because steadfast, appropriating faith cannot go beyond one's personal knowledge of the revealed will of God. You cannot have steadfast faith for anything you're not sure God offers. It's impossible. Now, people like to say they have faith. They, they like to pretend. There's a lot of pretend faith. But there's no way that you can really be steadfast. There's no way you can go to God and say, I know that you will do this for me unless you have a revelation that he wants to do it. And if you, don't, if you don't have a revelation of that, if you don't know his will, it's the same thing with people. You can't really believe somebody will do something for you unless you are convinced they want to. If you're, you can be convinced they're able, but if, you just, if you're not convinced they want to do it, that it's their will to, will to do it, you can't with any confidence say, I know they'll come through. I use the illustration, you know, of, of, of uh, if I said, you know, next Sunday morning, I'm gonna bring 100, $100 bills to church. What is that? 100,000, too much money. $100,000? Is that 10,000? $10,000. I'm gonna bring $10,000 to church next Sunday, that would be easier. <laughs> I'm gonna bring $10,000. I'm gonna have 100, $100 bills. Well, there, you know, that's no basis to believe you're gonna get $100. It's no basis to believe anybody's gonna get $100. Amen. See, that goes back to that old saying, well, I know God's able. 
when I, the, the, the church that I grew up in and the, and the traditions, not just in my local church, but Pentecostals in general, we, we were real strong. We were real, really well known for saying, I know God's able. You know, I talked about that. I know God's able. You know, people would say, you know, they had a big need and they'd get up, you know, to share with the church, you know, their need. You know, I've heard, I've gotten this bad report and, and they'd end up by saying, but I know God's able. I know my God's able. Well, big deal. The devil knows that. He's not getting any answers. Amen. And, and people would really, they'd really kind of, you know, stir themselves up and you know, say it with a real, with real, you know, conviction, real fervor, real religion. I, that trembly voice, you know, I know God's able. And, and I, I've had that happen many times. I, back in, in those old days, you know, I would tell somebody they had a, something going on in their life, you know, and that somebody had requested prayer for them. I'd come up after church and say, I just want you to know I'm in agreement with you, brother. I just believe God for, and, and, and I've had people say, well, I know God's able. Well, God's able, brother. I know he's able. Well, so what? That's not faith. Go with me to uh, Hebrews and go over to the uh, uh, 11th chapter of Hebrews and you'll see what I'm talking about. See, when people say, I know God's able, that's, that's half faith and half hope. I said that's half faith. It's not whole faith, it's half faith and the other half is hope. I said, I know God's able. Our, our church family was, was real, uh, it was real common to hear that. It was real common to hear that in our natural family. It's still common to hear that in our, in our natural family, in our, in our older, older, you know, uh, parents in, in that generation. There, I go to see my relatives sometimes and, and, and I still hear, well, I know God's that. And they still have that trembly kind of way. Well, I know God's able, brother. Well, glory to God. <laughs> In Hebrews 11, verse six, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must. Now, you know he's about to tell us what faith is. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He's about to tell us how to please God, isn't he? Without faith, it's impossible to please him, that is God, for he who comes to God must. He's about to tell us. What does please God? So he's about to tell us what faith that pleases God is like. He said, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Well, see, I know God is able, it fulfills the first part of this. See, this morning I said faith has two sides there's the believing side and the acting side. Well, just on the believing side, just get on that one side. On that one side, there's two components to the believing side. Believing, what do you believe? I believe he is. That means I believe he's. If you believe God is, you believe he's able. If you believe in God, then, then you know he's able or else he's not God. So on that one side of faith, the believing side, there's two parts to that. One is, is what in two, two parts of what you believe. The first part, you believe that he is. You believe he's able and 
You believe he'll do it. Notice, you believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That means he's not only able, he'll do it. See, modern theology has has, uh, exalted and emphasized God's ability. Most of the songs in church circles are, are all about how great God is. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. He is great. But they stop at that point. They always sing about how great God is and, and how mighty he is and how all-powerful he is, but you don't hear a lot of songs about what he'll do with that might and that power. He who comes to God must not only believe he's able, but also believe he's willing to do it. And remember the, the leper that came to Jesus? That was his problem. He came to Jesus and he said, Lord, I know you can, you can make me whole if you're willing. Now see, the leper didn't have opportunity to know about whether he was willing. Lepers lived in, in isolation. They were, they were partitioned off. They were kept in isolation from the rest of, uh, of, the, of the community because of the nature of their disease. It was so contagious. They had to live in leper colonies. And this leper uh, was bold enough to come to where Jesus was. And he knew people were being healed, so he knew Jesus was able. He just wasn't sure whether Jesus would do it. He said, Lord, if you're willing, I know you can, you can cleanse me. You can make me whole. And see, Jesus, he didn't just say I'm willing. He did say, he said, I am willing. But see, he demonstrated his willing because he, the Bible says he reached out his hand and touched him. That was probably the first time anybody outside of a leper colony had touched him in years. They lived in complete isolation. They were outcast. Everywhere they went, if they they were outside of the colony, they had to announce. When people came their way, they had to announce. Unclean, unclean, it was required by law that they announce their disease so that other people unsuspecting would know that they were lepers and make a wide path and go around. How would you like to live like that? This is probably the first time anybody outside that colony had, had touched him since he had this disease. Jesus said, I'm willing. Glory to God. Be cleansed. Hallelujah. Like I said, there's no way to have steadfast faith. If you're not convinced that it's God's will to heal you, you'll never, be, you'll never have the faith necessary to be healed. Unless it comes through some, some other means where, where there's a special anointing and gifts of the Spirit are in operation and, and, and even then there's, there, God requires some faith for you. But I'm talking about on a, on a daily basis when you're, a, when you're by yourself and symptoms hit you and you need to believe God. If you're not convinced that it's God's will to heal you, you're not, you're not strong enough in faith. So you can believe God's able, yeah, but will he heal me? And you can even believe it's God's will to heal all. But then the devil will say, yeah, but you don't qualify. They're, yeah, yeah, you, you, know, you know how you acted last week. And you think you're gonna be healed. You have to, you have to have, so, so let me say this. If healing requires faith, I'm talking about getting healed on your own faith. 
If healing requires faith, and the only, the only way you can have faith for healing is to have a revelation that God wants to heal you, then in order for anybody to have faith, the Bible has to show us that it's his will to heal everybody. Because if the Bible only reveals that God will heal some people, you would never be convinced it was you. And see, a lot of people, there's, they're, they're almost convinced. They go to a church like ours, they, heal, they hear about healing, people are being healed, they're hear, hearing testimonies, and that's encouraging them. But somewhere, somewhere lurking in, in the recesses of their, of their past thinking, some area that hasn't been, you know, we have to have our minds renewed with the word of God. We have to flush out religious, traditional thinking. And if there's a little bit of that, just a little bit of that left tucked way back in there, you haven't really thought about it in a long time, that it might not be for you. The devil will take that little doubt and he'll bring it to the forefront. Well, if that's true, then for, for you or me, for anybody to really have Bible faith, then the Bible has to show us that it's his will to heal everybody or else nobody has a basis for faith. Unless we can find from the word of God, unless the word, if the word doesn't say it's his will to heal everybody, then nobody can stand before God in absolute faith because there's always that possibility that this time, under this condition, because of this whatever, it's not time for you to be healed. Thank God the Bible gives us absolute assurance that it is his will. And that's why Jesus said to the man, I am willing, glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, how do we know that it is always the will of God to heal everybody? Well, simply by the fact that when Jesus went to the cross, all the sins, all of the iniquities of the, excuse me, of the entire human race were placed on the Lord Jesus Christ and he bore, go with me to Isaiah 53. He bore them all. Glory to God. Isaiah 53, the great chapter of, of the servant of the Lord, the Lord Jesus, his great redemptive work on the cross. Notice in verse, uh, go to the last verse, verse 12. Look in, in where it says he was numbered with the transgressors. Do you see that? Last part of verse 12. And he bore the sins of many. Well, who's the many? That's everybody. He bore the sins of many. Go back up to verse 11. Look in verse 11. For he shall bear their iniquities. Whose iniquities? Everybody's iniquities. Is there anybody left out of this? Is there anybody on the planet? Is there anybody in the past, the present, or the future in the human family that this doesn't apply to? 
Come on, is there? No. He shall bear their iniquities. In verse 12, he bore the sins of many. In verse number 11, he shall bear, that word is the, is the Hebrew word sabal. Sabal, he shall sabal their iniquities. He shall bear their iniquities. And in verse 12, the Hebrew word, he, and he bore the sins of, of many, nasa. And he nasa the sins of many. Well, if you go back up to verse number four, it says, surely he has nasa our sicknesses and sabal our pains. Surely he has borne our sicknesses. Now, in the, in the older King James, in the King James Version in general, it says he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. And, and that is one rendering of that. But throughout the Old Testament, the words that are translated griefs and sorrows are, are repeatedly translated sickness and pains. And notice it said he has nasah our sicknesses and sabah our, 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 our pains. So, so the same verbs, the exact same verbs are used about what he did with our sins is what he did with our sickness. If, he, if, he, if, if, it's, if it means that he absolutely bore the sins of every person and took them, the words bear, both sabal and, 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 and uh, nasah here, both of these words mean to remove to bear away, to lift off, and to remove and carry away. That's what happened with our sins. He lifted our sins off of us, removed them from us, and carried them away so that we would no longer have to bear our sins. Well, he did the same thing with sickness and pains. He lifted them off, and he did it at the same time. It was the same event on the day of his crucifixion. This is when he lifted our sins off from us and carried them away that we would be relieved from them forever. At the same time, he lifted our sickness and our, and our pains and took them away so that we would not have to bear them. Well, if, if one applied to everybody, the other applied to everybody. Is it the will of God for anybody to stay in their sins? No, everybody, every Christian, certainly not. Away with the thought. Certainly not. It's not the will of God for anybody to stay in their sins. Why? Because he took everybody's sins. Then it cannot be the will of God for anybody to say stay sick because he took all of our sicknesses. Who does it apply to? Anybody, everybody. The same rules apply whether it's sin or sickness. Number one, he took them all and the same, rule, the same rule applies to everybody. He took everybody's sins. He took everybody's sicknesses. See, that's the only assurance. That, that's the thing that makes you sure every time you go to the Lord in prayer, he will heal me. He will deliver. You never go to the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, forgive me. There's never a thought in your mind, well, he might not forgive me this day. You never have that thought. It never enters your mind. You, you never think, well, if I, if, I, if I have enough faith. You never think, well, if I, just, if I just really, you know, convince myself and work myself up. No, you go to the Lord with absolute confidence. 
Every time you, every time you uh, make a false step, you know you've done wrong. You go to the Lord with absolute confidence. You say, Lord, I know you said you'd forgive me. You said, confess my sins. You're faithful and just to forgive me. I believe it. I thank you for it. Glory to God. And, you, and, and, and you're done. The same assurance applies where healing is concerned. Because it's on the same basis. There's the same degree of certainty. Glory to God. So like I said, I know, God is, God, I know God's able. That's half faith and half hope. Say, well, I know he's able, but we'll see what he does. That won't work. Amen. Praise the Lord. There's another expression that, uh, that we came in, that we'd run into from time to time. And people would say, well, I just feel like God heard me. I knew people personally that, 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 were, that were famous for saying that. You know, they, they'd pray about a need in their life and, and they weren't really sure. They really, they, we had this idea that you have to pray through. When we, but when they meant pray through, in other words, there was a barrier up there and we had to pierce that, that capsule that, that, you know, that kept us out of, of God's presence. And we would pray through and, we, and sometimes people would reach a place where they felt good. Just, whew, I believe I made it. And, 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 and I had people tell me that. Well, I just, I just believe God heard me. That's so? I just feel like, I just feel like God heard me this time. So? That's not Faith. That's faith in your feelings. You feel like God heard you, he heard you. Well, I just feel, I said, well, certainly he heard you. He always hears you. He heard what you said about your husband. He always heard, he's, he always hears you. He heard what you said to your neighbor yesterday. I just believe, I just feel like God heard me this time. Well, certainly he did, but that doesn't, that's not faith. Most of the time, I don't feel like he heard me. I said, most of the time, I don't feel like he heard me. But I know he did. What I'm saying is most of the time, I don't feel anything. I don't have a, when I, when I ask the Lord for something, I don't have this feeling that comes over me. Ooh, man, I feel it. I got a twitch. If the truth was told, most of the time, I don't feel anything when I go to the Lord in prayer. If I went by feelings, I wouldn't even come to church most of the time. <laughs> I don't feel like, you say, well, I don't feel like coming to church. Well, welcome to the clubs. Most of the time, I don't either. I'm excited about going to church, but as far as my flesh, I'd, I'd rather stay home. I'd rather stay in bed. Come on now. If you go by your feelings, most of the time, the, the vast majority of times, when I lay hands on people, I don't feel anything. And, and people have been, have been, I mean, people have been healed instantly. And you've seen it, healed instantly. 
I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel like God heard me. I didn't feel like God loved me. I didn't feel like I knew God. Come on now, because it's not based on feelings. And I just feel like God heard me. Well, I said, well, sure he heard you. But what does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. Because as soon as your feelings change and you don't feel like he heard you, then faith, then, then what are you gonna do? Well, I, yesterday I thought God heard me, but now I'm not so sure. <laughs> well, if you go by feelings, you'll just be wishy-washy all of your life. Amen. No, what does the Bible say? Base everything on the word of God. There's only one way to determine God's will, and that's right here. It's the only way to determine God's will. And, and we'll close with this. Look at Romans. Amen. Romans, the 10th chapter. How then, verse 14, shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? You know, you couldn't, you couldn't expect a sinner to call on God if he'd never heard of God. Or you couldn't expect him to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He'd never heard of him. If never, I mean, you, you know, he might have just heard, you know, the, the, it's hard to live in America and not hear Jesus Christ, but never heard the truth. No one had ever shared with him the real gospel. How in the world could you expect him to hear and, and to have faith? He couldn't believe. There's no way he could believe. He has no basis. How, how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach unless they're sent? Verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's the only way to determine God's will for you. And, and if you come to church and you hear about God's will, but you never hear it for yourself, in other words, you hear that other people believe it and you hear it said. You, you know, people can come to our church services and sit here for months and hear over and over and over and over and over again that Jesus saves. And, you know, on, on one level, unless, they're, unless they've got, uh, you know, severe learning disability, you know they know about Jesus. You know they know that people believe this and evidently it's true because they can see the evidence of it. I've, I've had people, and you probably have too, say, tell you, and, they've, and I've had people tell me, well, I think it's wonderful that you believe that. And I think it's wonderful that you believe in Jesus. I can, I've had people say, I can see that it's working for you. Well, on one level, they know they've heard and they believe it's real, but it's not real to them. And, you, and the same thing is true where healing is concerned. You can come to a church like ours and hear about healing, see people being healed, hear testimonies of people and how God's healed and delivered. And, and you can believe in it in a general sense, but not appropriate it for yourself. Faith to receive anything from God comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This word has to get in you. 
until it's more than just a mental persuasion. I would guess that everyone in this room is mentally persuaded that healing is available to you. I would, be, I would guess that every person in this room is mentally persuaded that healing belongs to everybody and that by his stripes we are healed. But I would venture to say there are some people in this room that aren't healed. In other words, there's not, there's not a physical reality of that. Well, why is that? That word's not real to them. That word's not sufficiently real to you because when it, when it becomes real to you, when it really becomes real, a change will occur. Because when it becomes real to you, when it becomes revelation to you, you will act like you're healed. You will, there will be an action to your faith. And I tell you what, you put action to your faith and, and we're not talking about a months and months and a long, long, yeah, the devil can, can resist and symptoms can, can linger and tarry and the devil can mount a, a resistance for a little while, but you just, it's not gonna be long if you stay in faith and keep acting on it. I mean consistently that you are healed and you know you are. You keep that word, I'm telling you what, it's not gonna be long till that disease is gonna be lifted, it's gonna go because it cannot stay where faith abides. Glory to God. So, so over in, in Proverbs, I, I, I said that was the last verse, but you know me. Uh, I fully intended to. But sometimes I think of something else. Proverbs 4. And, and, and it says, my son, give attention to my words. See, I said this morning, the close of this morning services, service, I said, if you're not going to be diligent about pursuing your healing, then healing will always be elusive and difficult and unattainable. It'll always be right outside your grasp if you're not diligent. Because the enemy will, will bring pressure against you. And he'll try to make it look like it's not working. And, and you have to show, you have to prove to the devil that, buddy, this time I believe this and I will never change. I will never change. I'll never back down. I'm gonna act like I'm healed because I know I am. And it has to be in here, not up here. But the enemy will, will test you to see what you believe. And the only way to stand strong is to give attention. He said, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Somebody said, hey, can you come over and do this? And you, and you say, something, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I have to give my attention to something else. There's something pressing. I can't come today. I promise to do something else. Or I'm involved in something. Somebody calls you, can you do it? No, I'm busy right now. My attention is on something else. That's what he said. Give attention to the word of God. Incline your ear to my sayings and do not let them depart from your eyes. 
If God's word doesn't depart from your eyes, you will see yourself well. And if you don't see yourself well, then something else is in front of your eyes. If you have some other vision or some other, if you don't see yourself overcoming, if you don't see yourself with the victory. Amen. He said, for that your, these words are life to those who find them. Brother Larry Hutton in his teaching, he pointed out that in the Hebrew, this word find means seize, lay hold of. And not, it doesn't mean, it's not a casual thing. God's words are life to those who seize them, who lay hold of them, who grasp them and will not turn them loose. Here, those, a person that does that, that word will be life. If it's a casual thing, if you read the word and say, oh, praise God, praise God. He, he, I, by his stripes I'm healed, praise the Lord. And then, and then go on your way and it's not something you lay hold of and grasp to where it's, 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 it's as dear to you as breath. It's as dear to you as your heartbeat. Glory to God. And you lay hold, I'm telling you, it'll bring health to all your flesh. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.